with excitement because I'm here with my friends. We're wrestling with friends. I was wrestling with my headphones just there, but I've recovered and I'm back. We're back. We're your friends, Dave, Sean, and Ethan. And this is wrestling with friends. What? What? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and press record now. <laughs> I see it counting up. You moron. <laughs> I know. I know what you're up to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know, but this is our chance to catch up, and this more na- more relevant than ever as we we really do have some catching up to do. Um, we like we love to discuss uh, what's going on in wrestling, the things that we love about it, the business behind it, celebrate the good times we've had watching and attending wrestling events, um, you know, together with our buddies, um, and all that experience. That's so much fun. Um, and all of this is while we get increasingly inebriated, obviously. Um, I'm drinking. You're drinking? What are you drinking? I'm drinking. I, sp- I, put a, uh, I put Irish cream in my coffee. Irish cream in your coffee. That's Sean. He's drinking Irish cream in his coffee. <sighs> Ethan, what are you drinking, bud? I'm drinking a Suja Organic Gut Health Juice with elderberry and ginger. Mm. Get wrecked. I am also, because it is the week, I am also drinking my health drink. And what I call my health drink is um, earlier listeners of our show might might have known that early in the quarantine, I got really into IPAs. Well, it turns out every IPA you drink is basically like eating a piece of cake. So I was eating several cakes a night. So <laughs> obviously, it was time to take a little bit of a step back on that. You can't drink IPAs seven nights a week so during the week i mix in my health drink vodka vodka <laughs> street vodka by the way dave is dave is holding up a gigantic plastic cup uh filled to the brim with a clear liquid that i have to assume is vodka there's um, also there's also ice and club soda dave do you still live in the city of long beach in new york that's right that's right i am dave and i'm coming at you from the city of Long Beach, New York, in which Whoa. I learned a very interesting wrestling-related factoid recently that I will talk yes. to you about later in the show. But yes, Ooh, cliffhanger. Yes, that's right. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the beginning of summer, and mm-hmm. uh, this vax life, this post-vax life. How you doing, Sean? I am coming in live from Los Angeles. That's it's not- Hollywood, Sean Pasquale. That's me. What up, buddy? That's how, uh, <laughs> that's how you're doing. You're Hollywood, Sean Pasquale. That's it. It's me, old Hollywood, Sean D here on the ones and twos. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit record on this episode now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, Sean's just- got a new bit, everybody. I got a bit. I got a bit, and it's just a bit that I'm stealing from another podcast. Uh, I, not much is going on new here. Let's see. Uh, I got engaged, so that's a pretty big deal. That's right. And Mazel Tov, 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 Mazel Tov,
Yeah. That's the best part of any Jewish event, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, Sean, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. you know, obviously, I'm very, very happy for you as, as your oldest, Thank bestest you. friend. Thank you. I'm the most happy. Thank you. Ethan, I appreciate it. Ethan, how happy are you for him? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn happy. He's like moderate uh, happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like above average happy. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, uh, I was hoping that we had all made a bet when we were kids that the last person to get engaged would get like $1,000 from each of you guys. If that was the case, I'd be happier. But no, by we... the looks on your faces, I am just moderately happy. We didn't make that bet. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> that's not a thing. You're just lonely. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's super exciting. And then obviously we took a big gap uh, of time off from the podcast because – we all got busy with various things. Um, one of those things I can talk about, which is that I'm working on the Trailer Park Boys comic book. I'm sure there's got to be some Trailer Park Boys wrestling crossover. Uh, so if you're a fan of the Trailer Park Boys and you've always wanted to read a comic book on their exploits and adventures, uh, that's coming out uh, next month, the first issue. And it's a big, I also their big anniversary, right? It's their big anniversary, it's right? It's their 25th anniversary year and so they've got a bunch of like stuff that they're announcing that i have no idea what's announced or what's not but i do know that the comic book is is announced and it's been solicited and they've been plugging it and our pre-orders have been bonkers by comic book standards um so everything's everything's cool everything's coming up millhouse um, and then i also wrote a uh, I've been seeing a huge push a, for yeah. it oh, sorry i've been seeing a huge push for it for the 20th anniversary like uh, on like that license is really heating up and they seem to be putting it out everywhere. So I'm excited for you yeah. to be part of that with the comic book. Now, you were just trying to yeah. say some even more exciting news. What was that? Yeah, so I also took some time off to go write a video game, which I cannot talk about at all. But I can say that I wrote a video game, which is something I've never done before. And that's super cool. It's not a wrestling video game. I guess I can say what it's not. It's not a wrestling video game and it's not... It doesn't. It doesn't involve Batman. Okay. Can we go through every single genre of video game until we've narrowed down what genre the video game is? <laughs> I don't, is it I an don't, RPG? No. Is it is, a shooting game? No. Is it the long-awaited Tetris Two, the sequel to Tetris? Tetris' no. Quest. No. Uh, Fester's Quest Two. A link Ooh. to the Tetris. <laughs> Ooh, is it Fester's Quest Two? <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm writing a sequel to the old NES uh, Adams Family game, Fester's Quest. Great. I can't wait to see you on another episode of uh, James <laughs> Rolfe's Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> hey, friend of the show. Another hot property. It's coming back. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's super cool. And oh, yeah. that's basically what I've been doing for the last uh, like three months since, we, since we've since we last spoke to everybody. Um that's that's awesome, Ethan, man. Ethan, Ethan, I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you still traveling around or have you settled in a spot? Oh, I am still very much homeless. <clears throat> okay. So since the last time we talked, I was in a pit stop in South Florida. I have since lived a month in Asheville, North Carolina. I did 10 days in Colorado where I snowboarded for the first time in Breckenridge. How did that go? Uh, How did that go? Uh, great. I, I don't see any casts. No. Yeah, I, that's a good sign. Yeah, I actually. So I'm an athletic dude, but I yeah, really was afraid of snowboarding because I'm not. 
very coordinated. Balance really isn't my thing. Lifting heavy objects is my thing. You, you um, to be fair, but, you you grew up you grew up in a hot flat place, yeah. very flat, and I, I never skateboarded. Did, could not wakeboard. Remember going to the lake with the Polisex? I, I could not do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, never surfed. But uh, yeah, by the end of the first day, I was doing green runs um, down Breck and uh, loved it. What, so do, what are green runs? So when you start, you typically start on a bunny slope. And so it's kind of like short little ramp to kind of get your bearings about you. And mm-hmm. then when you start going up into a ski lift, there are different uh, heights or levels of difficulty, and typically uh-huh. it's green, then blue, then black, so then double black. Lighter, that's not the bunny hill. Is that what you're saying? Correct. But cool. you're still going up in the ski lift, going down the mountain, and uh, yeah, for that to happen at the end of the first day, for the first time snowboarding, apparently was unusual. So I loved it. I'm not really good at, at, at going left and right. I just go straight down, and I'm not really good at stopping. So there's lots of crashing involved, but it's fun. Uh, that sounds terrifying, <laughs> to be honest. I went snowboarding once uh, in college, and um, I didn't like the way it made my my feet like I didn't I didn't like the way my feet had to be strapped in and angled at the angle that they were. It was so uncomfortable to me that I just never. I was like, this was fun, but yeah, I had a good time. I went down like the the easiest slopes and stuff, but I never really had a desire to go back. Um, Elizabeth says skiing is more fun, but I haven't tried that. Have you guys, have you, you guys, have you guys ever gone skiing? I, I, I also once tried snowboarding and it was, it was a goddamn disaster. I was, yeah, we I, took, that. I was on vacation and, uh, my Michelle and I, we took, we took lessons and they, they took us on the little bunny mountain, to try to like bunny hill, just to try to teach me anything. And I would just fall over and just fall over. And it was uh, filled with children. So I would just fall over, skate, uh, <laughs> snowboard and all, and just destroy, wipe out small children. I was like the boulder in Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> well, Dave, that would have been in the time, in the before time. What have you been doing since? Have you just been locked in your house since the last time we all spoke? Oh, well, I, I've, I've got, I'm living that Vax life now. Um, now, sure. Well, uh, we're yeah. all vaccinated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone so, uh, smart is vaccinated, <laughs> um, or you know, in a, in an area where it is available to them. In, yeah, I mean, uh, if it's available to you, you're vaccinated. If yeah, it's yeah. available to you and you're not vaccinated, right, you're right. dumb. And if it's not available to you, then like obviously you're probably going to be first in line when it is available. But I I'm think out it's here. available everywhere now. We out here living this Vax life, and it's been great. I got to take a trip to South Florida, see my family for the first time in over a year. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was great. Like, um, I got to meet my new my new niece, who is almost a year old. So that was great to to meet to meet her, and uh, you know, starting to see friends again, starting to do things. Uh, I got an actual haircut in a barber shop, and I was very excited about that. And Me too. Wasn't that great? Oh, it's great. It's so good. That was one of the small pleasures that I didn't realize how much I missed until I went in and did it and was like, yeah, I feel sleek and good now, like a human. Oh, that was a good that was a good feeling. So yeah, so it's been great. It's been great seeing friends, it's been great having my kids getting to see friends and their kids. And uh, 
yeah, at the end of the month, I'm going on a business trip for the first time in a long time. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. The world is feeling a little bit more like it used to in the ways that it can. So, yeah. So that's great. So what, 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 let's talk about wrestling. How much wrestling have you guys been watching? Any? No, same. No, I have no. not been watching a lot. Of, let, let, but let's talk about it though, because we, we're 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 doing a wrestling podcast. But you know, <clears throat> we all got busy. We all kind of like took a little break, and then I know I checked in with Dave and was like, you know, I really haven't been watching anything, and he was like, dude, me neither. Um, and I know Ethan and I have been sharing every once in a while uh, uh, little news clippets of like interesting things. But it never felt like enough, and we were we were also busy, so it never felt like enough to do a full episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, how how well, are you? How are you? What what have you been watching? Have you been well, watching anything? Well, you know, yeah. We as you mentioned, we were on a brief uh, multi month vaca- uh, vacation, um, and for me, that did correspond with the time right after WrestleMania. Um, mm-hmm. Now we've all been good things. We've all been pretty busy. Um, and this is, I, I don't want to, I like to keep things positive here. So I don't want to complain too much about my frustration with the, with the viewing experience of WrestleMania for me, because it was very yeah. frustrating. The switch to Peacock, um, kind of left me out. It, it left me out, uh, in the cold as a, someone with Amazon fire stick, um, you know, went from expecting to be able to watch WrestleMania as a day one subscriber of the WrestleMania network on my TV like I always do. And then, you know, I was kind of forced to watch it on my computer and there were a lot of issues with it, um, which I could convince about all day, but you can only watch it in progress. You couldn't rewind all that stuff really soured me, put me in a bad mood. And that combined with the fact that like the raw after WrestleMania has went from the most, like you have to watch this raw has went into like the time to stop watching raw for a while and sadly um yeah. uh, but i like i said i don't want to get too negative um so but but i wanted to just bring up sure, one sure. thing on this before we move on to the next to the next thing is i actually think this is a pretty common uh occurrence amongst wrestling fans i feel like every person i know excluding you guys but every person that i know that's a wrestling fan goes through periods where they stop uh even and us. then they and then they and even us yeah um and then they start again and it's and there's an interesting correlation there that i just thought about with comics because a lot of my friends that read comics also go through ebb and flow periods and i wonder if it has something to do with the weekly format um if that's if it's just something that like <clears throat> you know you go through periods of your life where you're just you fall out because like if the current stories aren't pulling you in and making you come back week to week then like it doesn't mean you hate comics or you hate wrestling but like you drop off you get busy you get distracted with other things you're not super into it and then because at our core we love these things you know something in in, invariably always brings us back to it in one form or another um that, yeah. That's just something I was I was thinking about. Just even even in in kind of getting ready for tonight's episode, is thinking about how often wrestling has ebbed and flowed from my life. Ethan, yeah, what do you think about it? I, yeah, I mean, I don't watch really any television, but by and large, other than maybe The Simpsons, 
everything is done in a season. I think there's a reason for that. There's a reason because you're into it, you want to follow it, and then you have to step away from it for a while, and it makes you miss it, and then you build expect <laughs> like you build the excitement for it, and you get back into it again. And all three of us have loved The Simpsons in various degrees. But now going on 30 years of doing it every single week, I don't think you guys are like sitting by the TV excited about what's going to happen on The Simpsons next. Right. And I think the same thing kind of happens with, with wrestling after a while is there's so much content, there's so much entertainment, there's so much that you can watch, but there's only so much time in the day. And if your attention isn't hooked, it's going to get hooked elsewhere. And it's okay to be disconnected from things because then when you get back into it, I think you remember and realize why you loved it so much in the first place. And I think taking breaks from time to time helps you to not get burnt out on something just like, uh, just like our podcast. We've been doing this for a year. We've been loving it. And um, you know, sometimes you got to step away and be like, hell yeah, this is exciting. This is fun again. It's not like something I have to do and sit there and watch wrestling every week. It's something I'm excited to do. And each of us will respectively plug back in when we're excited to do so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, in, in in any industry, in any sales funnel, there's the issue of churn, um, you know, where, you know, the customers, uh, repeat customers sometimes just get burnt out, especially with the amount of hours of wrestling that is on right now. And so many times it's, it, you know, it's, it's a wealth of riches and it's amazing, but it's a lot if you want to keep up on wrestling. So I tend to be when I'm into wrestling, all in on wrestling. And I've been really all in for some time now. Like I've been back, as we say, you know, not just back into wrestling, me and my friends, it's just, oh, you're back, you're back. Oh, we're back. Like since I've been back into wrestling, roughly 11 years now. So it's like been a very long streak of interest, but like, you know, you get tired of it. You get tired of it. And for me, Despite all of WWE's faults, which, you know, we've talked about and are well documented, they're one thing to a fault, to a fault, even if a wrestler has died earlier in the show, is that they always deliver the product, the show to the to uh, their customers, to their audience. Yeah. And, you know, they went for that cash grab, the short term deal where Peacock was giving them so much money. Um, they obviously were about to get, you know, a very negative financial report and they had to do something to turn it around, you know, cause they made all those cuts right after. Um, and that's what they did. They went for the short term business decision and I get it. Yep. And I'm sure, you know, obviously they're not even losing me as a customer, but, um, I hadn't had as much fun consuming their product for a little while, but luckily there's AEW, which has just been like a. A mediocre plus lately, but there is that, and I've enjoyed some really good episodes of it along the way. Yeah, and there's so much other wrestling content out there that there's always something to enjoy new, old wrestling itself, wrestling adjacent, and just like all the wrestlers who get released from WWE, um, many of them come back, and so do I. I always come back to watching it. Yep, um. Except for yeah, Buff same. Bagwell. Buff Bagwell will never be back. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, speaking of people getting released, did that's somebody definitely say, something. Did somebody say wrestlers getting released? Yeah, I just said, it. speaking of getting wrestlers getting released, 
that's a, definitely something that Ethan and I have been talking about as it's been going on uh, in our Slack is just sort of like sharing uh, news articles of all these different people. Uh, there's a lot, Dave. There's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people got laid off from the WWE. It's not uh, just you taking a break from the WWE. No. There's a lot of people <laughs> who have been forced to take a break. And I think a lot of the names have been surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, you know, it's I think I think what always happens with these little breaks is there's like too many bummers in one news cycle of wrestling stuff. And I think that's kind of what happened. Um, just one too many bummers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's I'm glad we weren't we weren't recording then because I don't think we would have had anything to contribute except for like surprise and WWE is doing what they need to do as a business. And we're not, you know, shocked that they would do this, but so surprised that these people are being released and all that stuff, which, you know, is not really anything new. Now I'm glad that we have a little time away from it where some of the dust is settling. Some of those wrestlers have ended up elsewhere. Some of them have even come back. And I think it's interesting now to kind of discuss it. Uh, What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've been disconnected from wrestling for a while, meaning I'm, I'm, I'm following it on the news, but I'm not watching it. But this yeah. news of all of these releases actually got me very interested in following the news again because you're always going to have post-WrestleMania or once a year, they're going to do their annual cuts. And usually it's, it's some of the low carters or the mid carters, and maybe there's a surprise or two that's there. But here, there were legit main eventers who were being yeah. pushed at the top of the card, who just finished a world heavyweight championship yeah. uh, you know, yeah. run, that they're investing time, energy, and effort in. They had wrestlers that they had brought up from NXT, yeah. their developmental, onto the main shows, had just debuted them, and then just gone. Like, yeah. no rumblings that something was going to happen. And they cut these really big names with really big contracts. And this was really interesting, at least for me, because I'm sitting here being like, well, what the hell happened? What's going on behind the scenes? And why are these people getting cut like this? It actually drew me back in to try to figure out what's going on and really put my attention back on the business of wrestling. Because I don't know if business is good or business is bad, but but big things are happening because there were some really, really big releases. Yeah, yeah. As, as, as Ethan said, and as Sean was, was kind of inquiring specifically about, there's there were people like Braun Strowman, who was winning the Universal title at WrestleMania last year. Samoa, he's gone. Samoa Joe, gone. Samoa Joe, who Ethan and I, we saw in the main event um, at SummerSlam like a few years ago. Gone. 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 Cut. Gone. Next. Hall of Who's Fame. Next? Hall of Fame, you know, caliber talent and legends like the Big Show, Mark Henry. Gone. Christian, who had just come back in the in the best moment of the Rumble, what are you snipped? Ethan's doing the the beef the The Brutus the Barber beefcase. Yeah, he's he's doing the Brutus the Barber beefcase Clippers, man. He's he's got the he's got the beefcake Clippers. He's because all these guys are cut. Velveteen Dream. Well, Velveteen finally. Yeah, Velveteen Dream. That one was overdue. That one was overdue. Um, But you know, like Buddy Murphy, who is just. Featured in a big storyline for a while on TV. Alistair Black. Lana. They don't don't cut Lana. Lana. Andrade. Andrade. Who? 
So yeah, it's interesting to go through these and and take a look at some of them. Well, with Alistair Black, um, you know his his wife, as we discussed, was released by WWE and then seemed to be hired back. And there's a lot of rumors now that Alistair Black may be Alistair Back. <laughs> In other words, this may not be the end for Tommy End. That was whoa. That was just, what are his names on the Indies? Too far. Everything funny happens in threes. What's your third? And you know, Alistair's back. That maybe be Samoa Joe isn't the next one to go because he's back in NXT. That's so, right. That's so. right. Samoa Joe. I'll uh, allow it. I'll allow it. That's good. It was a good enough transition. I'll allow it. Samoa Joe is someone that everybody was shocked and outraged about. I saw from yeah. the internet fan base like. So pissed that WWE would squander his last years when he could have been tearing it down with Kenny for way less money and a smaller audience. Um, and it's like WWE clearly, clearly loves Samoa Joe. Like, yeah, they they used him in every they, they used him a lot, you know, in every way on TV from a main eventer to uh, a folk, a featured cat. A commentator to you know just an overall uh technician in the ring that they could put in there with anybody a workhorse um but it seems pretty obvious that like his in-ring days are over like he's he's got too many injuries and uh you know it makes sense that they would restructure his contract into something that it looks like he'll be taking more of a role into nxt probably being able to be used more on commentary which he's awesome at he's awesome at and also like i could see him being a real asset as a trainer in nxt as well um since yeah i mean he's he's a real i mean that guy's that guy's as good of a worker yeah, as he, anybody and if he's working with nxt it's not like he won't get tv time like they can still use him as a personality they can still use him as a figure but you know maybe he doesn't want to get carted around uh you know uh 300 days out of the year, uh, throwing himself down in the ring. Well, and Ethan, Ethan, uh, your favorite, uh, Regal, the former Lord Steven, but, uh, as William Regal, but he'll always be Steven Regal to me for some reason. Cause I'm old and senile, but, um, Regal, <laughs> Regal has been the commissioner of NXT for like seven years. And they just had a storyline where, where he stepped down. So it seems ripe that we're going to get Samosif Joseph, um, you know, taking mm, taking that'd be cool. taking part in NXT as some sort of on-screen presence, and again, you know, could really be an asset as a trainer in that program. So, yeah, and um, apparently he was spotted backstage at NXT tapings as we're recording this, like three hours ago. So, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, this is all really interesting mm -hmm. because when we started this podcast, it was when AEW was launching. And at that time, WWE was giving buku bucks to any WWE star that wanted to extend their contract or stay with WWE. Like mid-carters were making huge money. Braun Strowman got a major contract. Yep. And then they went through this pandemic. Okay. Survivor. And then they, they fired people like yeah. almost immediately. <laughs> right. It's kind of like they locked in all these people to these big deals 
We're handing out Legends contracts to the big shows and the Mark Henrys left and right. Yeah, it's and almost that- like they <laughs> cock-blocked AEW's launch by making sure they couldn't have poach any giant names. And then as soon as AEW launched and established itself as a company without any of these names, they cut who they felt they needed to cut. Yeah, but AEW's had AEW's had like a year to sign a lot of the other WWE people. Um now they're signing Big Show, they're signing Mark Henry, but they, they didn't sign Matt Cardona. Uh they didn't sign a lot of like really talented guys. So I wonder I wonder is like AEW just interested in the old in the like the old wrestling guys or are they interested in i mean andrade's there now which is great um i'm really excited about andrade there i think that's going to be awesome that's a no-brainer but yeah i don't know is it tony do you you think all of these people are going to show up at aew because we saw already that that was not the case during the last big talent purge right no well aew was in the same position as the wwe is they're not making money they don't. They're not putting butts in the seats. They're not selling merch, and so it it was probably a, a, we expected them to scoop up everybody if the WWE dropped. But look what happened with WCW when WCW was competing with WWE during the Monday Night Wars. They were just buying out talent, and so it got so damn expensive for Ted Turner to continue floating WCW with all these major contracts. And then when, when the WWE started winning the Monday Night Wars, just didn't make sense. They couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. And I think AEW, in a way, tried to learn from that by being like, look, we're not just going to pick people up just because they're available because we're not making money either. And I think that they made I, I some think smart Ethan's right. I think Ethan's right. I think, I think it would be so short-sighted of AEW to not learn from Turner's mistakes. And they certainly have enough crossover talent over there. Uh, to point the way, and and yeah, I think I think they'll pick and choose the people that they're gonna poach that that have been let go by WWE. But I think it'll be <clears throat> on a much more controlled scale be- because of the fear of scaling up too quickly and then not being able to sustain that. Well, well, then we certainly can't blame WWE for also learning uh, WCW's le- lesson. Um, if they were carrying too many bloated contracts um, and they had to make some cuts too and some yeah. some, some brazen cuts. Um, but I guarantee you one thing, the whole, the big thing in business right now is, you know, overvalue, undervalued assets. And yeah. I guarantee the WWE did all kinds of research into, you know, how many people want to see Braun Strowman as a champion, how many people were tuning into the ratings from when he was a champion, how much money he's making um, in merchandise and all that. And they, they came to the conclusion that he was an overvalued asset to them. So they cut him, um, you know, and yeah, that's exactly, sure did. that's what's going to happen. And it's a shame because, you know, a lot of these people like uh, Ruby riot is a great, she's a great worker. Um, I look at it as she'd be a huge benefit, a huge asset for AEW's women's division, which, um, you know, is not as, deep of a, a roster as WWE's. So, uh, you know, there's things like that, but it boggles my mind that uh, Bo Dallas, you know, uh, who is a multi-generational wrestler who can work, who came up from NXT. I mean, I, I know, I mean, 
I guess they're paying him too much, but like, I just feel like there's a place for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back considering the Rotundo's family deep ties with the WWE. What do you guys think about, about Bo Dallas, Ethan? I don't know. I, I always liked Bo Dallas, but I don't think a single person watches the WWE to watch Bo Dallas. <laughs> and I think that, and I don't sure. mean that negatively because I like him. I, I like him as a, yeah. as a performer and as a person, but I'm not watching the WWE to see what happens to Bo Dallas. And yeah. so really what, I'm, what I think I really want to get your guys' opinion on, because where I think this is coming from, is, is WWE headed for a sale? Yes. A lot of the background information here is that there are people running the financial decisions of the company. They got the boot. They put this new guy in. Uh, yep. He's been Nick making Khan. decisions like you saw. Yep. The other con, Nick Khan. And now we're seeing big major business changes that, that seem to be done for the purpose of the bottom line. And the question is why? Uh, why is all this happening? Why is it all happening now? And is it just they need to be able to make money for their shareholders by showing profits on their books and cutting losses? Or is there something bigger that's going on here that this is setting the stage for? And it is if that's the case, then how much does the how much does the the deal with Peacock, which is NBC, which is parent company, is uh, is uh, Shine, the, the, the Shinehart um, the Shinehart wig company. Yeah. Um but yeah no I mean the, the, you know the the NBC Universal uh, uh behemoth uh putting putting WWE on their like premier app says a lot about what company might have interest in a longer partnership with WWE or perhaps even ownership over this these properties so you're saying because the, you're saying they're gonna yeah. pay for the national exclusive streaming rights for a lot of money and so that then they'll buy it also for a lot of money that doesn't seem to really track with me yeah i know i think that they would pay a lot of money for the national streaming rights to test the waters to see what that does for their their new network that they're launching, their streaming service that they're launching, and to see what the performance metrics are on it because they can't truly get any of that unless they have it direct for themselves. I mean, they can only take WWE's word on streaming metrics as much as WWE is willing to share. No, you know? it's not. It goes. It's going. It's going through Peacock. It's going. They've absorbed. Now it, it is, but it wasn't before. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, if you're interested in what something is actually sure. worth and you're looking for, hey, we could potentially launch our network even wider if we pull in this subscriber base and see how many people come over and see what kind of attraction this is. I mean, I look at it very similarly to what XM did and Sirius were doing when they first launched their digital satellite radio services, where like you saw these two competing companies start to then bring in other performers and other entertainers and other sure. entertainment you know companies that had dedicated fan bases that would pay a premium price you know Howard Stern uh you know the Comedy Central's like library of like stand up comedy for their comedy channels and that's what this move with NBC Peacock and WWE programming looks like to me sure. is an effort to do that and then it's a matter of 
do they continue to renew that license when it expires? Or is it a big enough boon for them that they outright make an offer? See, and I, they just try to own the whole thing. I, I get it. I get it. Content is king in the streaming wars um, battle. Um, everybody wants the biggest library. They want the libraries with audiences. Um, I just, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me why NBC Universal would want the overhead of a of a worldwide touring company um, and and stadium rentals and, and a show. Um, that relies on ticket sales, um, you know, for in-person ticket sales for their main business um, when they could just license the content. You know, I just don't see, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but that's that's me. I mean, there's other people that owning WWE might make sense for. I'm not, I'm not sure who they are, but I'm in the camp that I don't think. But that's also. I don't think they're selling. But- that's my but isn't that also assuming that if they if a company like that bought this bought WWE that's assuming that they would operate it the exact same way and maybe they wouldn't and maybe it's not about buying it to operate it the exact same way maybe it's more worth just as much to them to own it and everything that's included with it outright have all of its back library at their fingertips and then be able to maybe do special events a couple of times a year to promote this that i mean i there's no it's never been done but there's no reason why it couldn't be and if you're trying to make a name for yourself in streaming and set yourself apart in streaming uh live events is definitely what everyone is trying to do it's why you saw a couple of years ago netflix made like a play sure. for like live late night shows and that didn't work nobody cared people aren't used to watching streaming that way um but if you bring in something that people are already used to appointment streaming, which is what WWE managed to succeed with, which is to say, yeah, we have a streaming service, but also we have these huge events that we want people to tune into at a specific time to catch them live. You know, th- this is a great backdoor into that, isn't it? For, I, for Peacock. I mean, I just think that they get the content, they get limitless live content almost like that's being churned out on a weekly twice weekly you know sometimes three or four times weekly if it's a pay-per-view week um without having to pay the upfront costs of producing these mega events and not even having numbers they don't even have to assume any of the risk for it at all like all they have is the the numbers are there the numbers is i mean if the numbers are there for the 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 weekly content like the numbers are not are they? I mean, are you saying WWE is a publicly traded company? Definitely, if um, they're if they're selling their rights to something, they have to give an, an under the hood look at their streaming. Sure, like that's not sure. So, I mean, you know, I think I think they have a good idea. You know that there was a million people subscribed, and they'll probably mm-hmm. lose X amount from the transition. But right you know, due to them being able to promote the shit out of it on NBC, um, they could get, there's the ceiling is ultimately higher. And uh, if they get international, then the pie grew is even bigger. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't, to me, I don't think Vince is selling um, a lot of, you know, I, I, I just don't think they're selling. I think all of these moves are the moves of a company that was guaranteeing a certain amount of profits 
and they're a publicly traded company and therefore legally obligated to do everything that they have to do to make their shareholders profits. Um, and maybe when this was a family company, Vince would have done what you know he did, was able to do with the undertaker in the lean years and just like pay him, keep him under contract, even though he wasn't making money. And maybe he could have done that for Braun Strowman, but like those aren't these days there. He answers to their shareholders. And I think they restructured the company. They got someone who knows more about a 360 entertainment company than what, um, you know, in the modern era than what they had and also consolidated two C-suite um, executives for this guy, um, which, you know, saves them a ton of money. Um, I think this is just, they're getting rid of redundancies and they're going to turn yet another profit, which people will hold against them. And their stocks are already up because they're a smart business. They're a smart business. And I guarantee you, unless there's something terrible we don't know about Braun Strowman behind the scenes, <laughs> we'll see him in the WWE again, I feel like. Ooh, that's a great clip to isolate. And then we'll be able to see if that ever happens. If he does something terrible. Or like a hundred years from now when he doesn't return, we'll be like, see, he never returned and nothing terrible happened. And then I'll be like, now I die with one regret. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. What's, what's, should we, should we, should we talk about, uh, should we continue to beat this horse dead or should we talk yeah. about other wrestling stuff now? Yeah. Let's let's, unless there's anything else Ethan wanted to add to this. No, I'd, I'd say the only thing is that one thing that's happening right now is just a fuck ton of change. Vince McMahon started running this as like a touring circus. And now it's a global traded company with streaming services and merchandise and intellectual property rights and it sounds like in a way the ww is trying to play catch up for a while and we're trying to like figure it out between vince and hunter and stephanie about what to do and that can work when you're running a traveling circus and it's getting bigger but now when you're a multinational publicly traded corporation with streaming services and all these different things and then you lose your main asset which is to tour around with people I think that they were kind of a little bit over their head, perhaps. And we see that there were lots of things out there that they didn't adapt to fast enough, like wrestlers streaming on TikTok and on other platforms. They realized they weren't controlling their intellectual property, that this stuff was kind of getting away with them. And they had to kind of ring, bring this thing in. So it's there's just a lot of change that's happening with, with the WWE over a short period of time. And I think that this is probably the tip of the iceberg as to what other big changes we might be seeing coming up from a business standpoint in the near future. The only constant is change. Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> Tiny changes you can never see. Okay. Well, all right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, um, that um, on a note of change, but also, you know, we are covering some of the dicier stuff about wrestling and not as fun stuff about wrestling. Let's talk about what we have been enjoying about wrestling um, recently, whether it's new shit, old shit, uh, anything, anything. And uh, I'm happy to start unless one of you guys wants to. I recently, um, I recently, 
I recently got back into uh, old episodes of Rock and Wrestling. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah, I found some on I found some on YouTube, and um, man, they they're so cheesy. <laughs> I remembered that show being so much cooler than it was, um, and and like it's like so it's so like hokey and cheesy, but I enjoyed it so thoroughly. I lost I lost a good like hour and a half one day yep. to just watching episodes. I know your feelings on Hulk Hogan. Is it more palatable yeah. to you that it's uh, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond as it's the voice of the Hulkster? Yeah, I mean, it's just that it's a – I mean, it was more just a nostalgic time capsule. Um, and it was just interesting to see, see the show for what it actually was as opposed to what my brain remembered of it, you know, and less about, like, the Hulkster of it all. Hell yeah. So you – so uh, any standout episodes – no more <laughs> moments no i didn't watch i didn't watch uh i didn't watch full episodes um I, I i i spent a lot of time just kind of like i was watching like a bunch of clips i watched like the first half uh of an episode and then um and then i went down a whole a whole rabbit hole of um of listening to there's like a bunch of random people who did covers of the theme song oh super fun <laughs> so that's what i've been enjoying about wrestling lately what about you dave well, well to me to me with rocket wrestling that cemented roddy piper as like hogan's iconic mm-hmm. arch enemy for so long like that yeah. was it and then also yeah. because of like the relative not so long after it by the time i watched it as a kid in the early 80s to the time it was wrestlemania 3 the the Andre the Giant heel turn against Hogan was so much more traumatic because the foundation of their friendship, as I knew it, was him being it was built on the cartoon. The cartoon, yeah. you know, where he put tires yeah. around his feet to make shoes for him in one episode. Um, you know, it was yeah. like, oh my god, he's scary now. The giant. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, rock and wrestling, big part of my formative years as a wrestling fan. Um. What what I've been enjoying right now is a funny little, I don't know if it's counter programming or just a quirk of you know different schedules, but there's a new season of Vice's Dark Side of the Ring going on right now, and there's also the a, a season that has begun of a new series of uh, on A and E doing biography that's just like these co-produced partnered with WWE biography episodes on different WWE legends and, and whatnot and, and stuff yeah. like that. So a lot of them are their own thing, but in a lot of times they, they, there's some, there's some crossover. So like, for instance, dark side of the ring has an episode about the ultimate warrior. It's like the, it's about the ultimate warrior. And it's like with his first wife as like the main talking head. And then there's the WWE version um, of like the beatified Saint Warrior who went out on a high note after years of disgrace. And, you know, that one, the driving voice behind it is his ex-wife, who's his second wife, Dana Warrior. Um, So it's just interesting. Dana Warrior. Dana Warrior. That's her name. Dana Warrior. I know. Um, know. So it's interesting because, you know, obviously between both sides of the story – and then all the entertainment value that is taken just to make these a narrative. 
somewhere between all yeah. of this is the truth, but it is definitely interesting. Um, even like the overlap between the episodes about Brian Pillman on Dark Side of the Ring, which are obviously <laughs> about, you know, pretty bleak, sad story of Brian Pillman getting injured and, and getting addicted to, you know, uh, painkillers yeah. and steroids uh, right when he was supposed to be getting his big break that he really got through very clever ways and like really put himself in a position to succeed and then passed away. And you get to hear from his, his son, Brian, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., fine Brian Jr., who is an AEW now. And that's awesome to see. And then there's like the rosy glossed over side of Brian Pillman. That's in the Steve Austin documentary that's on A&E. So, they're all good. Um, a lot of them remind you of why you love wrestling. Um, the Bret Hart one is great. And here, speaking of the Bret Hart one, is the interesting tidbit that I learned recently. Yes. <coughs> about. Perfect. He chokes. Dave choked himself on, on vodka. Now he's muted his microphone so we can't hear him choking and dying. Dramatic pause. Pause for dramatic effect. The interesting tidbit that I learned about Long Beach, New York, where I live, and wrestling is in the Bret Hart episode. Bret Hart. What do you think of Bret Hart, where he's from? What do you think? Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Canada, yeah. yeah Can Maple Leafs. Canadian as fuck, right? He's like Canadian. Yes, syrup. He's Canadian as a moose fucking a, a maple leaf with hockey skates. Yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So they're talking about his dad, Stu Hart, and his 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 history. Also Canadian. His upbringing. Also Canadian as fuck. Yeah. Dude, he's even more Canadian than fuck. More Canadian. Dude, exactly. His, his upbringing was like he was homeless, like with his mom, like in the Klondike, like in the winter, just like hunting to survive as a poor as a young man. <laughs> it's crazy um but then he becomes a professional wrestler after yeah um and they say on tour bret hart's talking about this and they're showing these old black and white pictures and it shows him on a beach and there's a boardwalk behind him and what's uh, the fact the fact is bret hart says and on a trip to new york my father went to a beach and that's where he met my mother in long beach long island new york so Whoa, Bret they met Hart, in your house. Bret Hart representing the LI. All right. Half of them <laughs> is from LI. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, we got wow. We got Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, we got Mick Foley, and we have one half of Bret Hart uh, out here in Long Island. So I was pretty surprised to learn that LI, LI girl. 50 minutes and an ad break, folks, just to learn that Bret Hart is one half Long Long Island, Long Islander. Represent. You, we made it. We made it. And now the part of the show that's everybody's favorite part of the show. Wait, Ethan? Ethan's, my, we didn't ask Ethan. My personal – Ethan is not – Ethan didn't, doesn't like anything about wrestling except for this part, which is his also his favorite part. Yes. Uh <laughs> The Dang best girl. part of the show, arguably the best part of the show, but not good enough that we could do it as its own show. Yet. Yet. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob. Intellectual property, general. Finally, do trademarks, finally, do trademarks, finally, do trademarks. Get real! Huh?
Uh oh. Ethan. I hear the terrifying music of the brood. What do you have for us in Trademark Wars? The comings and goings of trademarks in wrestling from intellectual property lawyer and wrestling fan Ethan Wall. What do we got? Well, let me tell you something, brother. So when I said I haven't watched much TV or any TV, I lied. I actually was been watching the Castlevania series on Netflix. Just finished the last and final season. It was awesome. Absolutely loved it. Realized that it reinforced my love of vampires, including Gangrel. And Gangrel has just trademarked <laughs> one of my one of my favorite wow. wrestling monikers of all time. That was like, awesome. Love vampires awesome. just like me. That was fucking great. First of all, uh, that show was written by disgraced uh, comic book writer Warren Ellis, um, and, and was excellent. Pretty problematic. But, pretty problematic guy. Yeah. But uh, Ethan, did you know that they've just announced a new series, a new Castlevania series that takes place uh, like a hundred years later with a different Belmont? It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I'll send you a link. Please do. I heard that they were thinking about doing that. They were gonna do a spinoff that takes place in the Castlevania universe. Um, and so um, I hope to – I can't wait to see it. And I hope Gangrel is there along with his new trademark, Fangin' and Bangin'. That's what he does. Fangin' and yeah. Bangin', baby. Yeah. Now, now our listeners may not know how much I'm obsessed with Gangrel. When yeah, Dave yeah. and I used to, used to wrestle in Dave's garage, we used to take the mattresses from his bedroom, lay them out on the floor – Dave would dress up as Mick Foley and have a Mr. Sacco, and I would wear a long white button-down pirate shirt and have a giant uh, chalice full of Tahitian treat red soda that I would drink and spit out everywhere as if it was blood. All over, and I think, all over my mom's white <laughs> tiles. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's her fault. Um, but what? but then I believe you met Gangrel. I did. And had Gangrel leave me a voicemail at some point. I did. And Gangrel was so nice. He was so nice. And shout out to Gangrel. And I said, fanging and banging, baby. And he went like, he gave me the metal sign and showed me his fangs. <laughs> and he said, fanging and banging. He was tired. Now, yeah. So what's going on with Gangrel? So he's, he's getting fanging and banging. He didn't own fanging and banging. Was he just fanging, okay. but he didn't so own banging? Here's where, here's where it's, here's why it's kind of actually pretty interesting. So all these wrestlers have been released, right? And we talked about all this different legal stuff about how WWE is trying to stop their current wrestlers from using third-party channels that reflect their intellectual property to make money. Meaning if a wrestler has a Twitch channel or if they're holding themselves out on Cameo, WWE is stopping them from doing that and there's this big legal issue. Well, so as a result of that, there's this big battle over who owns the intellectual property. At the same time that Gangrel is now filing these trademarks and other wrestlers are filing their trademarks as well, uh, the WWE is putting a kibosh on all former WWE wrestlers from signing autographs using their WWE intellectual property name. So basically they're stopping people like Braun Strowman from being able to sign autographs with the name Braun Strowman on it and instead making them do that. And so that's what I think is so interesting here. Because can, I, can I pause to ask you a question about that? Of course you may. Now, what I've seen in like the case of like, let's say Braun Strowman, I've seen, uh, or like uh, Matt Cardona, let's say, I've seen 
um, him sign. I've seen his autograph, like FKA Zack Ryder, formerly known as Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, and put it like Zack Ryder in in uh, the quotes. Could they stop that or or what? Is that still allowed? So that's that's what's happening literally this week. Is and that's what I talked about yep. with WWE going through changes. Is they literally were they literally are a freaking traveling circus that's on television that sells merch and sells pay-per-views. That's what yes. they were as a company. And so having people use their intellectual property after they left in the age of the internet and being able to make money for it wasn't on anybody's radar screens. And so what they're trying to do is claw back all the things that they probably could have stopped people from doing earlier, but never took issue with it because who the hell cared? And now it's a big deal because you didn't ask me earlier what I was excited about in wrestling. And there actually is something that I'm excited about, even though I'm watching. No, you didn't. And Sean called you out about it. You didn't get to ask me. You just said, oh, Ethan's going to like trademarks. He's a nerdy lawyer. But there's actually something. No, it's reverse that. I said that. He tried to ask you and I blew You know what? You're the same person to me, okay? That's true. Also true. Because Dave is now a luchador (laughs) and has apparently lost about 60 pounds. You look great, by the way. Uh, You're looking (laughs) real good He lost a lot of weight. He's like a high flyer now. It's fantastic. Actually, actually, literally the last time I weighed myself, I weighed 205 pounds. (laughs) So... I'm, what? I literally qualify for 205 live. I'm literally a cruiserweight. Uh, I, I'm a cruiserweight. So Amazing. you watch out. Um, uh, I can't. I'm blanking on any cruiserweight in the WWE's name right now. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to leave this in. Nothing's getting Callisto, cut out of this episode. Callisto, Callisto got laid off. He's I was going to say Callisto. Although, to, to circle back. You, you watch out, Grand Madalik. The um the example that I saw uh for this new clause is that performers the example that I saw was that uh Adam Schur right. can't use the name Braun Strowman when he signs things at conventions or at independent wrestling shows. He can only sign Adam Schur. He can't even sign Adam, quote, Braun Strowman, end quote, sure. He's he cannot use that name to sign anything anymore. They unless say, it's at an official WWE event. They say in any variation of, do they, they they list that? Ethan, what do they write? So, well, I don't know what they're right because I haven't seen it. But under trademark law, you are not only allowed to, you're not only allowed to protect your exact name, but names that are confusingly similar are likely to cause confusion with the existing name. So if it was, if he just used Braun, that would still be an infringement. If he used Strong Bowman. That's probably still infringement because it's phonetically similar. Strong but- Bowman. <laughs> yeah. I don't think actually, actually a pretty good name. But yeah, yeah, so there's no black and white line, but it's kind of what's confusingly similar. And I always tell people you follow your gut test, like something going on, going wrong in your gut. Now, why is this an issue? And why am I actually excited about something involving wrestling now? And why am I upset that you didn't ask me about it? But actually, I'm not upset because I get to bring it back into the thing that I like talking about, which is trademarks. And that is yes. also I happen to also, you, no, let's not, re- let's not relitigate. Let's just yeah, move on. No, and what I'm pointing right now at the video, I see both of you. So I'm just kind of pointing collectively, not specifically <laughs> at you, Dave. But uh, what's really interesting to me is what's happening with Kenny Omega. When AEW first launched, they brought in the biggest free agent of wrestling in Kenny Omega, and they didn't do shit. He had a couple cool matches in the beginning, but, but it wasn't really that exciting. But now he's crossing over and winning – 
the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. He's showing up on both shows. And what I had talked about that excited me most when we first started this podcast was mm. that no individual company, including but not limited to AEW, is going to be able to compete with the WWE one-on-one. However, if these federations ultimately smarted up and said, if we work together in a way where the TNAs, the AEWs, the New Japans, the Ring of Honors have this degree of crossover amongst each other, that could be competitive in a way particularly yeah. now, whereas all these other wrestlers have a place to land and have a platform to be able to do so. So I think that what's happening now is the WWE is seeing legitimate competition through these different types of federations, particularly in an age where they're not able to have these different live events. And so having more control over their intellectual property is a priority for them, as we can see that we're enforcing, which means that people like the gang grills out there have to put more emphasis on protecting their intellectual property with things like fanging and banging that the WWE didn't proactively protect at that time. What makes this really cool, though, is that people are filing for really interesting trademarks and getting into other battles that we're not going to have too much time to, to tackle. But I do want to talk about Matt Cardona because Matt Cardona's wife is Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea Green recently filed a trademark for her new podcast called 50 Shades of Green. And someone did challenge it, and it wasn't the WWE, and it wasn't Vince McMahon. It was the owners of the intellectual property for 50 Shades of Grey that uh-huh. came in and tried to stop them. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. But whatever it's going to be, there's going to be a lot more trademark wars happening right here on the Wrestling With Friends podcast. What, yes. do you, what do you think the chances are that WWE's lawyer, who I believe is Jerry McDivitt, or I don't know if he still is, but he was, was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I got a friend. She's on the Fifty Shades of Grey team. We're going to call her. Let her know about this <laughs> podcast. Let them get on it. And then, you know, you know, I don't know if that's how Jerry McDivitt talks, but, or. I would like to, in my head canon, that's exactly how he talks. got it. <laughs> Yeah, no. it's possible. Lawyer yeah, to lawyer, it's, it's, right? Lawyer to lawyer. It's hey, it's very possible. Look, every it's why wouldn't you make a courtesy call to somebody and be like, hey, by the way, there's this thing out there that might be infringing upon your trademark. Maybe you want to go ahead and do something about it. Because if, if she does that, then what's gonna stop somebody else from being fifty shades of blue, fifty shades of fuchsia, fifty shades of I don't know. Other green. colors. Wait, the way it is green. Fuck. I fucked it up. Oh well, I'm done. Um well, you right. know, I think I think I, interesting all that, that what we've learned from all of this is that you can't try to rip off Fifty Shades of Grey. Don't fuck with don't fuck with that lady who stole her story who was from writing Twilight. fiction of Twilight. <laughs> don't rip off the lady who yep. made um, a work out of ripping someone else off. They should do it. Um. Yeah, that was a that. That's our best segue yet. That's our best segue yet. Yeah. And speaking of segues, um, you know, we've had a little break here, as you know. Um, yeah. And during this break, we've taken the opportunity to think about the show, um, think about what we've done so far. Um, now that we're more than a year in, it's already evolved a lot. I think. Um, we wanted to continue to. So we're going to be switching some things up. We're going to add some new segments, and we got some some fun shit 
uh, cooked up. We're cooking up some good shit for you. Um, but for you guys, our listeners, like Sean's mom, Ethan's mom's dog, uh, comic book Alex, Tony Award winning playwright and performer Lynn Manuel Miranda, um, our Facebook group. What do you guys want to hear from this show? I think show? he's an EGOT winner. Is I think it, he's an he, EGOT winner. Is he EGOTing? I think he might be EGOT. I'm Ooh. not sure. I, get, I, I, don't, I can't speak to I don't throw an EGOT out loosely, but Lynn, Lynn, love you, bro. Right in, right in. Love you, bro. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you'll get, I'll get your request for the DM. I'll get your request for the DM. Maybe <laughs> up on IG. Um, our Facebook group, what do you guys want to hear from this show? Let us know. Yeah. Let us know it, uh, on Facebook. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on IG. Come on over if you're vaccinated. Come on over. Where can people let us know? What are what are the what is the Twitter and the IG? Well, Why don't well, this well, is probably a good spot to throw that in. Yeah, go for it. Go for it, Ethan. Yeah. So if you want to let us know what you want, do you want to hear us talk about the late breaking news? Do you want to talk about the nostalgia of wrestling that we love? Do you want to hear us talk less and instead have more awesome guests? We want to know what you want so that we can go in a completely different direction, just like the WWE doesn't listen to their fan base. And if you want to tell us what it is that you want, regardless of whether we'll do it or not, you can find us on Instagram by searching for Wrestling With Friends, on Twitter at WWF Podcast, or go to Facebook and join the Wrestling With Friends Facebook group. Whoop, whoop. That's right. That's right. And we 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 genuinely want to know because, you know, we want to we want to keep the show something that people want to hear. So if it's shorter episodes, uh if it's longer episodes, uh you know, uh, topic specific things that deep dive into like old wrestling bits or feuds, uh I mean, we're we're down to do all of that stuff. Um yeah. Yeah, and if people want to congratulate you on your recent engagement, Sean, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on the internet on Twitter at Sean Wrights. Um, and also uh, on Instagram at Sean Wrights. Same thing all around. Yeah. Dave, you- what about you? Where can people find you to talk about stuff and tell you things? And also congratulate you on my engagement. You can, <laughs> you can congratulate me on Sean's engagement at um, on Twitter. I'm Dave Cush at Dave Cush, D-A-V-E-K-U-S-H. And on Instagram, it's the same damn thing, but I had to put a period between Dave and Kush. So it's D-A-V-E period K-U-S-H. Uh. Shibbity ship shop. Shibbity ship shop. That's right. Dave, I think you know what time it is now. Oh, is it time for the theme song? Oh yeah, Dave, it's time for the theme song. Oh. Hit us with that sweet, sweet song. We're wrestling, yeah. Wrestling with friends. Who we wrestling with? Wrestling with friends. Who we wrestling with? Wrestling with friends. Does it get any better? Nope. I'm signaling them. I'm signaling them. And I told Sean, I played Sean. He knows how it goes. I'm just knowing, these bastards, they know sell me. They know sell me. But this is the version now. It's not your version now. Here's what we should do. You and I should – I tried to do this the other day. I want to lift the karaoke of that song and then I want to I want, – I just want us to sing over it and make an official theme song. Ethan, Ethan. Maybe that will happen. Ethan, tell Sean next time. Next time. 
You'll tell the story, Ethan, of when we were in a real live recording studio with a professional musician who has worked with Kanye West and huge brands. Um, and he recorded. Oh, our I love th- huge brands. His new album was fire. And recorded our theme song to Wrestling with Friends. And what happened to that? All right, Ethan. Next time, Nola. You got it, brother. All right. Goodbye forever. What? Well, no, no, just kidding. We'll be back next week. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Open up the